Well, well, Merda. Trying to get the drop on old Smee, eh? Trying to sell me false goods. Well, you're not the only one with access to information in this town. You're not the only one with informants. You probably thought you were pretty clever, turning right around and telling the Lord Mistborn somebody has his security plans right after you sold them to me. Well, nobody makes a fool out of Tesney. Not without paying the price, at least. Last time on Lost Legends of Scadriel. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, keep your eye on the King of Spades. Is there a way we can talk to Lord Spook? We're interested in the abducted person case. Mr. Bornholm has gone missing, and we very much suspect that he has been kidnapped by a very skilled group. And if you manage to bring back his research as well, I'm sure we can throw in a couple of extra boxings. There's been some rumors on the street about this guy named Fence, who discovered some floor plans that are of Lord Spook's mansion. Tell me, madam, what is your problem? My husband, Ralston Penrod, those fiends kidnapped him. There is this Kothos-blooded man, and I'm sure he has something to do with it. Now we're gonna have to get our hands dirty, but if you're in it, we're gonna kidnap this guy and hold him ransom. So are you in, or are you in? Isn't that a little played out already? You all happen to see a small crowd gathering around this tallish man with bluish skin. Lord Falcom runs up, and he has his dueling cane in his hand. Do you wish to test your medal against me, Alomancer? I've killed bigger than you before. Boys, boys, you're both pretty. Can you stop now? Alright, I take my bird out and I immediately throw it at Lord Falcone. Would you like to aid us on our quest and maybe put yourself in good light? Uh, Merida, I know I'm the stupid one in the group, but I think they're probably not going to be too happy with that. I must find my own way, and Harmony will guide me. Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadriel Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. I'm your host and narrator... Trevor, you can find me on the 17th Shard forums as Fifth of Daybreak, and with me we have the rest of the Lost Legends. Hi, uh, my name is John, I go by Clovermite on the forums, and I'm playing Tony Darkomancy. I'm David, and I play Lord Falcone. My name is Brian, and my character's name is Tajmil. My name's Kelly, and my character is Merida. First... I want to go over a couple of things that have come up over the past couple of episodes concerning the rules of the game. This is going to be more of a storytelling podcast than a rules-focused, hard podcast uh, that you might find somewhere else, in D&D or any of the other actual play podcasts. And with that in mind, we're taking some of the rules very lightly. I've completely disregarded the rules for rioting because I don't think that they lend itself very well towards telling a story. And so those rules are just very loose in terms of our uses for them, 
But there was also a point brought up by David in one of our last episodes about the fact that I've been giving rewards for nudges when they weren't associated with a success. This is something that I'll probably in the future continue to be just a little bit lenient with when it suits the narrative. And so now we rejoin our lost legends. Lord Falcombe had stormed off in a huff after the meeting with Gavel and the bad blood between him and the Coloss. There was a uh, quick mending of the altercation that had happened, and now the Lost Legends are going to head to the docks to try and figure out some way to catch up with the kidnappers who took the metallurgist. Yeah, let's group up together and let's uh, let's let, let's see what's going on with with each other and stuff, and 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 fig- figure out our bearings first. Is Sonichu still hanging out on top of me? He probably fluttered back over to Tajmil. Well, I'll stroll over to Lord Falcone. Just give him a pat on the bat and say, How are you feeling? You looked a little tired back there. Lord Falcone's probably just slumped in an uh, alleyway nearby. Just chilling. Looks like he's taking a nap. So I'll go ahead and just kind of riot to make him feel motivated. John, roll uh, your Alamancy, and then David, you'll roll... Your spirit. Uh, that's two fives and a six. I got a pair of threes and a six. Okay, so yeah, you don't you don't feel any effects of the rioting. Okay, so I'm just chilling. Because I assume you're still in a hostile mood and wouldn't really want to feel motivated and would be opposing it. You'd just be ignoring Tony at this point. Still shook up. Visibly upset. Well, Merida's gonna walk right up to him and kind of squat to his level. And kind of just, like, look him in the eye and be like, Well, you know, if you're really frustrated, we can get on the boat and the sooner you can punch someone in the face. Uh, He'd just silently get up at this point and probably head with you guys if you're walking somewhere. Does anybody want to describe what the docks look like? They are a damp and dingy wharf uh the water is calm but it is very muddy and it's moving at a a still pace let's say i'm gonna say that there's a lot of lichen on the very far end like they they've only cleaned it just enough so that at first glance you think they maintain it but if you look further down you can see that they've been kind of lazy about it I'm going to say whatever building there is with the administration, there's like a flock of about five seagulls just kind of lazily sitting there knowing that someone's going to drop food at some point or another. And so, Trevor, who do, who do we see as far as people and boats? So you guys walk up, and uh, as you noted, the docks are sort of in disrepair. Um, they were probably one of the first things that was uh, built in this third third octant which is where most of the action has taken place so far in Elendel. And so the they're a little bit disrepair since it's been about 20 years since they were first built. Just enough maintenance to keep them up to shape. And you notice that there's uh, two barges that are sitting in the dock, um, a couple of workers pulling boxes on and off of them, um, various states of loading and unloading. Um, you can see a couple people arguing, probably over prices, and trying to negotiate some deals. And then right in front of the administration building, there's a very distraught-looking captain who seems to be in a very heated discussion with somebody else. 
Can we hear what the captain is saying in this discussion? Merida, you can hear what they're saying, and he just seems to be very upset about the fact that his canal boat was stolen. And so I relay this to the other people. My ears would peek up at the theft in and of itself. Can I approach the captain and ask him for further details nonchalantly? Hey, I overheard you talking with that gentleman there about your stolen vessel. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll look over to you and he'll say, well, it, it was those brutes who took the, the metallurgist, I'm sure of it, because there's no way that they could have been anything else. It happened just last night, right when the metallurgist went missing, and it's all the town's talking about today. But this twit, and he kind of jabs a finger angrily in the, at the chest of the other guy and makes him take a step back, doesn't seem to even care. Doesn't want to reimburse me, doesn't want to tell me anything about the security practices. I'm beginning to think that I should just do all of my trading upriver with the homesteaders in Dryport. I would look to Lord Falcone at this time and see if he was, how he is reacting in this situation. Probably when Meredith told us, about the whole thing, hearing it, he probably would have grunted and said, eh, not our problem. But the metallurgist, though. Oh, uh, we're looking for him anyways. Yeah, like, and he said that he thinks it's the same person, so would well, you have we're, interest? we're already heading that way, aren't we? Well, then we can get his boat, too. I'm just, uh... Are you, are you saying this, like, right in front of him? Yeah, yeah, we'll say this... Yeah, we'll say this right, yeah, right in front of him, like, you know. <laughs> so, you're interested in the ATM, huh? Well, if you get my boat back, I can promise you at least free passage somewhere in the future when you need it, or maybe some other favor that we can work out, but if you, without the boat in hand, so to speak, I have no interest in negotiating that price now. Merida's gonna, like... Just perk up at the mention of a favor and just kind of rush over to him and be like, Kind sir, would you be willing to tell us more about what your boat looked like? Well, it's a simple trading barge. Not quite as large as the other vessels, but because of that, it can travel a little bit more quicker. Its name is Vin, after, of course, a lady assassin who uh, saved us all from that tyrant, the Lord Ruler. I love her dearly as if she were my own daughter, and I want it back as quickly as possible. While they're talking to him, Tony is going to kind of just try to inconspicuously slide over to the administrator and uh, talk a little bit so that, you know, he's not necessarily overheard, and then nonchalantly pull out his pocket watch and kind of glance at it and say, uh, Mr. Administrator, you've been rather silent about what's been going on. Uh, as a potential customer, I'm a little concerned about the practices of this place. Uh, he's just going to look over at you and be like, well, do you have a boat, son? And uh, Tony just kind of nonchalantly puts the pocket watch back and then just gives him the, I am intentionally not answering your question stare, and then continue to just stare at him. <laughs> okay, are you doing any rioting of any sort? Not yet. I don't know what kind of custom you'd have with me without a boat. If you have some business with another boatmaster, Captain, go talk to them. As the Lord Spook has said, in this time of turmoil, we need to have our own representatives caring for their own items until some sort of formal constabulary is established. And Tony is just going to continue to stare at him. <laughs>
Uh, I think at this point, this guy's just going to like throw his arms up in frustration and just turn and walk back into the building. <laughs> and, and Tony just kind of slyly smiles to himself and then turns back to the other conversation. Lord Falcone's trying to find a bow. Okay, so you just walk away from the rest of them and head towards the captain? Head, to- head towards someone with an actual boat, not complaining about a boat that they need back. Because we need a boat. Well, I put my hand out to the guy for him to shake, and I say, we'll do our best, and we'll come talk to you about the reward after we get your boat back. I'm guessing we didn't ask about spare boats, did we? You know there's a couple other captains there with vessels in dock. Okay. Can we head towards one of them, whichever one seems to be the least amount of busy? And then uh, before you take off, uh, he gives his name to you, Merida. He, he is Allegren, but goes by Gren. Tony's going to to kind of pull Merida aside and say, Merida, perhaps it might be a good idea to listen in on what our administrator is saying, just in case he might be somewhat in league with our boat thieves. And Merida just kind of looks at you and like, when did you get a brain? And like, <laughs> kind of motions for you to to lead the way. And Tony just kind of looks shocked. He's like, oh my god, I did. <laughs> We're going to say two and two here, Tajmil and Falcom and Merida and Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Tony and Merida, why don't you guys give me a physique roll for sneaking up to the, uh, like the window or something. And then Merida, I'm going to give you a bonus uh, just one die because you won't need to be nearly as close as Tony would. So both of you will roll three dice. Okay. Oh, well, Tony doesn't want to actually do the listening in himself. I wanted Merida to do it. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking that if she doesn't hear anything, then uh, my plan will be to have Tony create a distraction for her to sneak in and poke around. Merida gave me a wits roll of nine. I got two threes, two fours, two fives, and two two sixes. You're kind of just like hanging out at the corner of the building, and one of the windows is open, and you just hear this guy complaining to one of his underlings about not bringing people to him with useless complaints that he has no control over, like just browbeating this this guy underneath him. All right, so I walk over to Tony, and I'm like, yeah, he's just complaining. I'm not sure we can find out if he's in league with them just by listening. Tony just strokes his chin thoughtfully, trying to look like he knows what he's doing. All right, let's jump over to uh, Lord Falcombe and Tajmil for a second. You can see on the side of the ship that there's a name painted in gold lettering there called the Flying Coin. And you can pick out the owner fairly easily. He seems to be arguing with a small group of people who are uh, surrounded by a bunch of crates. And there's a small heated discussion going on. And then as you guys approach, the uh, other guys pick up their crates and start heading towards another ship. So we walk over, introduce ourselves, and see, uh, ask him, like, what were you arguing with about with those uh, other gentlemen? Uh, these damn noblemen want to bleed me dry. My name's Palco. I'm the owner of the Flying Coin. They just wanted to get the cheapest prices possible to dry port, but I'm not interested in that sort of thing. So you're out to make a buck, huh? Honest businessman's gotta do business. Well, isn't turning away business kind of hurt your bottom dollar? 
he, he shoots a glare towards them as they leave and then turns back to you. Not at those prices. What sort of prices were they asking? Listen, this is none of your concern. Do you have business with the flying coin or not? We want a boat. Do you want to buy her off me? No, just passage. Well, that's perfect. I can give you passages a reasonable, pro- reasonable price as long as you've got the coin. And he kind of like looks expectantly at you as if, you know, he wants you to produce it right then and there. Whoa, 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 buddy. Listen, we're, we're, we're moving a little fast. Why not some foreplay? First, let's talk some numbers. What are we what what are we expected to pay you for this uh, travel? About a uh, hundred gold boxings. I'll get you to Dryport. Fifty. I'll take you halfway. We can negotiate some other prices in the meantime if you need to go any certain length of time or not. But hundreds the hard price to Dryport. That's the going rate. Any ship will turn you away for anything less. We ca- I come bolting back. I will actually do this so quickly, I'm going to do a coin push. Well, Tony is in the middle of stroking his chin when uh, he sees Tajmo flying into the air, and he's just like, whoa! <laughs> Say, tubular dude, we need you down at the we need you down at the boat area, man. We got this fool who is um, tr- we're trying to negotiate travel prices, and I think that your uniqueness would be an asset to sealing the deal. Tony is like, yeah, I can negotiate. And then, then he like kind of looks towards Merida as if he needs permission. <laughs> and she kind of does the shoe motion, like, shoe, shoe, go away. On it. And then like walks over, like strides purposefully over to uh, the, the guy with the boat. And um, he says, I, I understand we're uh, negotiating a price for passage to, and then he turns to Taj Mill, like, where are we going? To Dryport. To Dryport. And he says it as if, like, he'd totally known the whole time. <laughs> no negotiations about it. Hundred, hundred boxings will get you all there. You got four of you, right? Uh, Tony, like, pulls out his fingers and counts. Yeah, yeah, four. Four. But, but listen, my man, business, you know how it is. You you can't just set the price. You have to at least try and negotiate. It's, it's the way things work. And and again, Tony pulls out his um, pocket watch and and he says, you know, there there's such a thing as uh, long-term investments in relationships. And he puts his pocket watch back. And um, at the same time, I want him to riot – a sense of um, desperation in in the, the guy. And then he says, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, that kind of thing. Give me a roll. He rolled a pair of fours. All right, well, if you're, you're a real desperate man, not that it looks like it, I'm sure we could negotiate something. You could work your passage all the way there and give you a greatly reduced price if you're worth the, worth every boxing that I put you to work for. What what kind of discount do you need? And then he kind of points to a, a group. It looks like a, a family that's a little worn down. They're going to be scrubbing every single pot and pan. We're going to be helping lift the anchor, drop it, and everything that my crew hates to do, like scrubbing bilges off of it when we get I there. I love scrubbing bilges, I say. Uh, Tony, Tony says, work. I'm I'm sorry, my man. I I must have been too subtle. 
I was implying an exchange of potential favors in the future. An exchange of potential more business for if we need further passage, or say that uh, my family or their contacts need someone to take care of something for them, or ship some, some things. Uh, what, what family are you with? Tony just kind of looks side to side, and, um, and he says, uh, I'm not quite willing to divulge that at this moment. All right, give me a charm roll. That's four, right? Yep. Oh, I got nothing. And he's he's going to point at uh, Lord Falcom and be like, this bugger right here, he can tell you, I already turned one person away that was willing to cheat me out of my well-deserved money. If you're not willing to pay the price, you can go on some other ship and the flying coin will do just fine without you. And, and Tony just kind of like does the ah shucks motion. He's like, darn it, I thought I could do this. Like, All right, I'll, I'll pay. Resources roll. Um, you've already spent one, so it's seven. And then this is just going to be a difficulty of one. Yeah, got a five. Well, a pair oh. of fives. Alrighty, go ahead and mark another one spent, and you guys have negotiated passage aboard the Flying Coin. Awesome. Uh, let's switch back over to Merida. And Merida, what is it that you wanted to do? I followed um, Tony over. I just didn't care enough about him. Okay, so you guys aren't doing anything else with the administrator building? No, nah, if we find the guy, we'll find out if they're in cahoots. Um, anything else that you guys want to do before you get on the boat? Yeah, I, I eagerly asked the boat captain, where's the bilge pumps out on this vessel? I'm not sure they would necessarily have pumps yet. It, it, they might, they might, it's all confusing because of how... All right, then 180, technology. I say, are we getting peanuts on this cruise or what? You know? Well, passage includes vittles the whole way there. Awesome. So then I'd start chowing down on a on a box full of fiddles. <laughs> the vittles was the word that he oh, used. Oh, vittles. I'd start chowing down on a box full of vittles. All right. Um, John, what was that that you asked uh, Merida? Oh, I asked if she was going to take any notes for her book about the, the dock place. I kind of give Tony, like, this really, like, annoyed, just like, what the hell is wrong with you, Steer? And I'm like, excuse me, have we met? <laughs> yeah, I'm Tony, and you're Merida. I know that one. I just give a long-winded sigh and walk away. <laughs> Palco's gonna lean over to Lord Falco, who seems to be the most agreeable one of the group so far, and he's gonna be like, he sure likes to tell other people how to do their jobs, huh? Mm-hmm. Where's the beds at? Alright, he he brings you guys on board and shows you around, shows you the crew quarters, um, shows you the area where you can hang out on deck without being in the way. Um, you see that other family kind of hanging out on the deck, anxious to get going. And, uh, do you guys want to do anything before you take off, or just start heading out on the boat? Start slapping the side as we're casting off from the dock, going, woohoo! I'm gonna walk over to the family and ask them... Like, how they're doing and their business to Lapo to whatever we're going. This family, there's an obviously married couple. And then there's another person, who, uh, another man who seems to be about the same age as them, who uh, just looks just a little bit downtrodden and just a little worse for the wear. Like, he's not, not very happy with his lot in life right now. And then they've got a, a young son with him. Who, who is it that you want to talk to? I'm just going to um, talk to them as a whole. 
We're, we're heading out to try our hand at homesteading in the roughs. We've uh, not been able to find our fortune here in Elendel, and we think maybe if we make our, make our way out there, we can find our own luck. And that was the, the man of the married couple that was speaking. And I'm going to just tell them that I wish them luck, and that if they ever need a favor for a favor, they could come find me. Are they not? Tony is just going to find what looks like the most comfortable place to lounge, and then he's going to pull out Fluffles and just kind of pet Fluffles while he begins his usual affection rioting. Okay, are you on the deck? Uh, depends. Is that the most comfortable seeming spot? Um, there's not really any chairs up there, whereas there would be some in your crew quarters. Like some uh, chairs that have been bolted down like a bunk. Then he'll be in the crew quarters. Or I guess not necessarily the crew quarters, but like your your quarters that you've booked passage for. Tony's definitely going to the most comfortable seeming spot. And then Falcom, you you were in there as well? Yeah, he's he's going immediately to bed. I just start taking a box of vittles and I'm throwing them at the fish, slapping his side. Woohoo! Let's go! Palco runs up to you and grabs the food out of your hand. This is for eating, not for the fish. No, I know, but I just, I needed another box, and you said you're supplying them the whole way there, and I give him the old elbow, like, ah, come on, pal. Listen, it's been a while since I've had to lock up the storeroom, but if I can't trust you to only eat the food, then there's no reason that I shouldn't protect my wares. Either that, or you can pay some extra, and you can eat as much food as you want. Oh, okay, <laughs> I take him up on this offer. What do I need to roll? Roll your uh, resources, which okay, is four. four. All right. Oh, I got a one, a three, a four, and a six. Yeah, I've set the difficulty at one, so you're not going to get any consequences at it, since that'll the nudge will bring you up to zero. So then I, I slump over the side of the, of the ra- I, I go over to the railing and I just like, <laughs> Okay, with that, I think that the boat will set sail down the river. Uh, does any, did anybody want to tell Palco what you're after, or are you just kind of keeping your eyes open as the ship, ship makes is taking a nap. Merida says nothing. Tony wouldn't think of it. Tony was too disappointed that he didn't manage to successfully negotiate. We'll say it goes to the next day, because if I read the map correctly, it was about 50 miles or so between Elendel and Dryport. And so the night passes uneventfully. Do you guys want to do any pre-planning, like how you're going to handle it when you catch up to these guys? Like, this is a good time to do some in-character interactions, if you so choose. I sit there, and I'm flipping a coin, and I'm skipping a couple off of the water, and then I go over to... uh, Tony and I, I, I in the crew quarters and I just start bothering him asking him what the heck are we gonna do when we get to Dryport? You're asking me? Yeah. Wait, am I the leader now? No, but you always seem to have a lot of the answers to the problems. Oh, and Tony just puffs out his chest and he's like, Well, I guess I guess maybe I am. I think <laughs> when we find them, we should stop them. And get the metallurgist back. I completely just facepalm at how obvious of of an objective that is. And then I turn over to Meredith and I'm like, so, do you have any suggestions on what we should do when we actually arrive? What do we know about this so far? 
Well, first off, when you turn around to see her, she has her palm on her face, too, because she face-palmed. She says, well, I think we should try to be diplomatic and try to, like, make them feel at ease that we're not following them. Kind of trick them into letting, a- letting us on. And then we surprise them and defeat them and take the metallurgist. What do we know about Dryport geographically? Is there anything in your notes that can reveal about that that spot? Uh, do I roll my resources? It depends on how deep of information that you want to know, or if you're just like looking well, for well, more basic so like the l- topographical layout of it. Like, is this going to be something that, like, they're up a hill and they have a fort there where they're holding the metallurgist, or is it something that's, like, a flat land? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'd just look up basic information. So I can probably just give you guys, like, the basic information of Dryport. Uh, It's a little bit east of the city, about 50 miles, like I said. It's uniquely situated among any of the other fledgling cities in that it's built right in a unique bend in the Iron Gate River, where the city is actually surrounded on three sides by the river, and as such, it's become the hub where most of the... Well, it's starting to become the hub. In the future, it will be where most of the canal boats are built because of its number of dry ports that they can build the ships on before filling them with water to send them out to sea, which is how it's gotten, it got its name originally, is that was their plan when they went and scouted out the city. Uh, it's about 10 years old at this point. Uh, Lendell had been built uh, and was starting to just starting to flourish and get to the point that it is now when a group of people set out to found it. And you, you would know uh, after talking to Palco that it's where the flying coin was built. And also that the, the fastest way to get there would be um, by Tony pipes boat. in and says, if we want them to feel comfortable, I could do another magic show. Or I could introduce them to Fluffles. Mira's like, dear God, don't introduce him to Fluffles. How does uh, Falcom feel about the situation? Falcom has been asleep this entire time. And Tony notices him waking up and he's like, hey, good morning, Falcom. Morning. And uh, he, he extends Fluffles. He's like, would you like to get an early morning pet in to start your day right? Falcom is going to retch like he's seasick and back away. He's 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 trying to get away from Tony and his demonic pet. Wait, did he retch onto Fluffles? No, just it, not an actual full throw up, but just it looks like he's about to throw up nopes right out of that situation. Well, Merida is going to kind of sneak over and kind of, like, look a little at Fluffles and is like, hey, I'm sorry about earlier. Do you think I could get a cuddle in with Fluffles? Oh, absolutely. And he, he just hands Fluffle over. I just pick him up, go to the corner, sit down, and start, like, pulling out my notebook and writing writing more notes about Fluffles as I'm staring at him in my lap and petting him. Uh, Tony just smiles like a proud parent. Alright, well, uh, We'll go ahead and say that in that information packet, uh, you, you started looking at it a little bit more and found some more information in there. Uh, uh, not much more but than what I said last time, but just that there were about five people that were spotted heading towards the docks when a canal boat was stolen. And Tony just pulls out. out his dueling cane and looks as dangerous as he can manage. I'm going to say, Meredith sitting there with fluffles on her head as she is like writing hands for like just dedicated in the book all right you you kind of feel like each of its like rabbit legs kind of scratching at your at your hair 
as you sit there. Everybody give me a wits roll. All two of them. <laughs> Plus anything. Um, what is my wits roll? Let me don't think so, unless Merida is burning so 10, but if you're burning 10, like, continuously, we'll say that you've gone through an entire vial at this point, or if you're just saving it, then give I don't me have anything. Yeah, I, I only burn, burn 10 at the administration. I got three ones. Okay. I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing but a six. I just, yeah, I got Countless. one, a two, a three, and a six. Merida, you, in the distance, kind of notice an area where there's, like, a small tributary that pulls off from the from the main boat, but um, you don't notice anything beyond that. Okay, I'm gonna talk to the captain and be like, hey, what's that over there? Do you know where it leads to? Uh, not wide enough for our boat, but, you know, it, just another, another stream that feeds into the river. River as big as this needs a lot of them. Tony followed, and when he says it needs a lot of them, Tony just says, why? It's a big river, son. Something's got to feed it. It's hungry. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Tony Tony says, so what would fit down there? A smaller craft might be able to fly up the river like that, but nothing as big as my baby the flying coin. Wait, you have boats that can fly? <laughs> That's just a name, son. And he pats you on the head like like he's a proud parent. Hey, 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 watch, watch the top hat. <laughs> yeah, he'll pat you right on the hat. By the way, Merida still had fluffles on the top of her head. <laughs> Which means Tony's still riding affection. Alright, give me a roll. Pair of fives and a nudge. Yep, that beat him. So, uh, after he finishes patting you on the head, he just kind of goes over and, like, pets fluffles a couple times with, like, a, like, almost like a doped up smile on his face. Tony will ask if he has any smaller craft on the boat. Especially flying craft. Uh, no, not on this boat, but some some traders like to keep the smaller, quicker vessels that can travel travel up the river a little faster than this thing can, so get rid of some cargo space for increased time efficiency. I'm not one of those people, but my uh, good friend recently lost a ship like that. Uh, Tony whispers to Merida, maybe someone at Dryport will have a boat that actually flies. And Merida whispers, you're an idiot. And Tony's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I ask him about his friend that he said lost a boat recently. Well, I'm I'm sure you heard about it. It's got to be that uh, the, the scoundrels that took the metallurgist came to the docks in the middle of the night. The boat was gone. I have a question for you, though. All right. Why would you make a conclusion? No, I'm like not that? giving you any more food. No, I don't need any vigils anymore. Trust me, I could swipe them from you at a moment's notice. For I am, and then I do a flamboyant stance. Pa pa pa, a master thief. All right, he waves over like a crewman and hands him what looks like a small lock. He's like, "Put another one of these on the food." <laughs> <laughs> And, and Tony immediately claps when Taj Mill finishes his flourish. And the reason that I say this is why why would you think that somebody who is a kidnapper would also steal the boat in the process? Well, I don't think that they're professional kidnappers. I, I happen to think that they came from Dryport to take one of the most well-renowned metallurgists for the city itself. 
There's been a lot of tension between the two cities as they grow and compete with each other. We try to start, try to stay out of it, of course, but you know what can you do in an economy like this other than play two sides, not necessarily against the middle, but against the competition. I get that. Now, I understand your standpoint on the vigils, but here's the whole thing. Uh, I need something to eat right now. Do you have a fishing pole? Maybe I could just catch something and eat that. There's going to be no fires on this boat, son. Even if I, um... Unless you want me to give it to you raw and wriggling. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll take take my chances. I've got to eat, man. We're on this boat trip, and you got to eat. All right, he he get, he lets you use a fishing a fishing pole. Okay, so then I just go slank off it and and do my own All thing. Right. Meredith's gonna ask the guy if he can tell us more about the feud between the cities. I'm I'm sure you know how it is. As soon as you get a piece of land, you can call your own. You start to think that maybe you should have the best and brightest for it, especially when it comes to something like a city. Uh, something akin to the old noble house wars that used to happen under the Lord Ruler, you know. Somebody has something somebody else wants, and you gotta take it if you want it. Uh, while he's saying this, Tony just kind of, like, looks down and, like, kind of almost angry looking in his eyes, and he just mutters, Mother. <laughs> Merida's gonna ask one last question. She's gonna ask where she can find, like... The person in charge of the city. Well, I'm sure there's a central manor house. Probably built it three stories just to one-up the Lord Spook, but none of my business. If they want an extra load of lumber every single trip, well, it's money in my pocket. Tony nods at this. And then Tony is going to go um, find Tajmil and uh, ask him if, if he's a really good fisherman. Okay, and I'm sitting there on the side of the boat, and is I have to ask, is this a cane pole or a rod and reel? Uh, it'd be a cane pole. Awesome. Era, probably. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm just jigging it on the side, and I think I catch something, and then it ends up getting snagged, and my hook comes off a- a- as, <laughs> as Tony arrives. And I, I look at him like, aww. And Tony's just like, oh, you almost caught one. You are good at this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I then proceeded to set the cane pole aside and be like, no, I'm not really good at fishing at all. That's why I've stolen my whole life. I'm a big, I'm a big thief, I say to him with a grin. And, and Tony says, well, aren't you stealing the fish from the river? And I look at him, and my eyes get wide, and I think, I've never really thought of it that way, but you're right, you know? And I glean, I glean something from this, this, this exchange that I'm having with Tony. <laughs> like, like, he, like he just basically set my life a little bit better, you know? Like, he's teaching Amanda Fish. The philosophy of Tony Garamancy. <laughs> And Tony gives a winning smile with one of those, like, starbursts on the side. Ding! <laughs> all right, Falcom, what are you doing in all this? Uh, probably just sitting on the top of the barge, just chilling. You know, taking in the scenery. All right, so the boat comes, like, right up next to the, the stream. Uh, give me one last wits roll, but everybody add one to it. Okay, so five. 
one die. Yeah. Oh, I got two fours. You really want us to see this, don't you? Yeah, I've been trying. I've really been trying. I have three ones and a six. I tried to give you, like, as many clues leading up to it so we didn't have to rely on the roll, but... I, I got nothing but a nudge. I got two nudges. All right, Tajmil. <laughs> Thankfully, you notice far, far upstream what looks to be, like, a small blob that doesn't look like any trees or bushes, like, half in the river, half on the shore. Hey, guys, there's something up ahead. It looks like it could be, like, a... Is our is normal Nadarius in this universe? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Like uh, Nadaria is like jellyfish, mano wars, and uh, I think mm, I I think that's it. There might be some types of anemones that are yeah. There probably would be, but this is like far enough away that like you can you can tell what's a tree and you can tell what's a bush, but like they're they're. Blobs, blobs on the horizon as far away as this is, and then this is like nestled up on the shore, and it doesn't look like any of those things. But it's it's large. Like, oh, does it look like a giant octopus or squid? Uh, you can't really tell any details from this point. Hey, guys, get a load of this. There's something in the distance. Tin Eyes, tell us what's up. Merida looks at you and said, did you just call me Tin Eye? Yes. I glare at him, and then I turn off to the distance, burning tin to look at it. Well, right at this moment, Fluffles just, like, poops on our head. <laughs> okay, you say we see a boat? Kelly, Kelly sees the outline of a boat when she burns tin. Okay, here's what I would immediately do in this situation. How far away from our vessel in the, in the, uh, the boat is there? Um, it looks to be at least like a an hour walk or maybe a little bit more. How can I push to it? Oh, definitely. Like that's that's something that you would excel at is like getting there quickly. But I'm also going to say that you're going to have to spend a resource to to get there like in a really short amount of time, leaving everybody else behind if you want to do that. Since you're like using so many coins, yeah, I'll I'll do that then. So what okay. resource is four? So I need to get rid of one. Put, well, just put one in the spent column. One, one spent. Okay, so then now what do I need to do to roll? All right, so you, you get there, and you uh, notice that it's a ship that has been run up onto the shoreline. And it matches the description of the ship that was stolen. And uh, you, you look around a little bit, and you find at a nearby tree a collection of horse droppings. Okay, so I go onto the ship and I start immediately looking for valuables. <laughs> uh, okay, give me give me a wits roll. Okay, four. Or actually, no, roll spirit. Spirit. Okay, six. Okay, I got two fives and two fours. <laughs> okay, you find a rod and reel fishing pole, and you also find enough valuables to make up the the resources that you spent getting there. Okay, do I see of anything of value in terms of like dirt on the original ship owner that was in the thing? Like was there a reason why they targeted him and stole it? Like was it chock full of, of drugs or was it, you know? 
I'll, I'll say I, I can give you an embarrassing secret okay. about that guy instead of All everything right. else. So one or the other. Uh, the, the embar- uh, yeah, the embarrassing secret. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, add that to your secrets known. Uh, embarrassing secret about Allegren. Okay, so back to Merida and Fluffles pooping on her head. She just, like, stands, like, rock still before lifting to pick up Fluffles. Goes over to Tony, picks up his hat, puts fluffles in it, and then puts it back on his head, and then walks off to the bathroom to wash off her head. As Merida's approaching, uh, Tony notices, like, you know, the white liquid kind of sliding down the side of her face. And he pulls out his handkerchief, and he's like, oh, sorry about that. Fluffles does that sometimes, and just kind of starts wiping it off with the handkerchief. Palco is going to walk over to Falcom and, like, kind of nudge and be like, He's going to make it back before we're around the bend, right? Because I'm not stopping for him. Uh, that depends on how he's feeling today, I guess. I'm sure he'll find his way back. I mean, the river only goes a couple directions, right? Well, that's that might be the case, but even Coinshot might have trouble keeping up with us if he runs out of coins. They were headed in the direction of this boat, right? Uh, no, they're continuing along the river whilst you're on a stream off shooting. Okay. So then if that's the case, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start looking for ways that I can get this boat back onto uh, the river. I look around and I check the inventory of the boat. And do I find anything of use? Is there like a... Uh, block and tackle system is there uh, some rope chains i'm guessing how big is this boat it's it's fairly large it's only it's not like completely like they didn't pull it out of the water you can tell that they just kind of like steered it off of the stream to to beach it but we'll say that there's like enough metal in there that if you were able to brace yourself on a tree you could attempt a steel push to put it out especially if you flared your metal Okay, um, what does that mean, flaring the metal? It means that you use it up quicker, and you get, like, a quick, powerful burst. How much does Tajmil weigh? Well, yeah, he'd have to brace himself against a tree, for sure. At what point does he hurt himself? That depends on his role. Yeah, oh boy, and I'm by myself, too. I've always got my bird, old Lassie, that what I, I hope would be, uh... In case I got hurt, would would be able to find the boat. But uh, yeah, let's let, let's do this because I I want to get I want to get that cash from that dude. And uh, so let, I I look and is there a tree nearby that I can do this, or do I have to dig a hole like on the? No, sh- we'll say that there's there's a tree near enough to act as an anchor. Okay, so I go up to this tree and I start meditating. And I take my bird out, and it it goes, it's like, and then it goes and sits on on the tree, and I get up and I rub my hands together, and I put them forward, and I get ready to push this leviathan of a vessel back into the into the river. So what would I have to roll for that? Okay, so you're gonna lose one health from physical strain automatically for pushing on a heavy object. Okay, so I I say damage. I take one. How many vials of metal do you have? I think I have two. So, 20 minutes. We'll say it took you about 10 minutes to get there, flying by coin. Okay. 
with your uh, steel flaring, it's going to increase your rating to six. And then we're going to say you use up uh, n- the rest of one of your charges. So you'll have uh, two charges left in one of your vials once okay. you finish this. Okay. Fair enough. So, so what do yeah, I need? Roll, roll six dice. Roll six. Okay. And I'm going to set the difficulty at three. Okay. All right. I've got two fours, a uh, six, a five, and a two. Okay. Yeah. So you take one point of uh, health, which I see you already did. And uh, you managed to push this boat back into the water. Okay. I, and then I am going to have to corn shot to get back onto the boat then. Or, or can I just get back on? We'll say that you, like, narratively speaking, you don't have to roll for it. You just okay. launch yourself into the boat. All right. And then I make my way to the helm, and I start heading towards uh, Dryport. All right. Back to the uh, bigger boat, I assume? Yep. All right. Give me a wits roll to see if you know how to uh, properly steer it. Okay. So four... Oh, a six, a four, a two, and a one. Uh, okay, so <laughs> you you actually end up beaching it on the <laughs> other side oh. just a little bit, and uh, we're going to say that the boat has taken one point of damage, and we're going to give it a health of three. Okay. But after it takes the one point of health, uh, you manage to figure out the controls and start heading back towards the rest of the group. Okay, thank God that's a good place for us to end tonight. Tajmil stole himself a boat, even though he couldn't steal a fish out of the water. Let's give out some advancements before we finish up. Um, I do want to give everybody one for uh, an episode completed. Tajmil, you're going to get another one for your uh, continuing to roleplay an excellent character, wanting to steal everything in sight. And I think I'm going to leave it there for everybody else. Bye-bye. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo, and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LLOS Podcast. Or give us an email at lostlegendsofscadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.